Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bruno, you like college football, right? Big fan. Caught, caught a big, uh, caught, caught the, the latest pigskin game uh, the week, uh, you know, this last weekend. So, yeah, love it. What was the big, what was the big pig, uh, pigskin game? Oh, the, the Colorado teams, um, uh, you know, the, the big game that went on for, for hours and hours and hours to where I uh, went to sleep. We put our baby down. Baby woke up for the first feed. Game was still going on, which, uh, which was great. Got, got, got to catch the exciting conclusion. But, um, yeah, of course, Colorado, Colorado State, Coach Prime, all of that. And, um, no, uh, uh, unironically, uh, sincerely uh, enjoying um, the show so far. And I'm probably going to be a bit more hooked than uh, I typically am because, you know, um, you know, full transparency, not historically a big college football fan. Went to North Carolina. Not a good, not a, a not basketball a school and a decent football school now. Like well, now. maybe not when you were there, but, no. but we'll anyway, see, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see this year. You, you know, you were one of 8 million plus people that saw the end of that game, which was at roughly one fifteen AM central time, more than 8 million people. That's a million more than any other single game. Uh, that for the entire Saturday, not just the late night slate, it was the it was the fifth most viewed game in ESPN history. It was the most streamed game in ESPN history. And look, I, I have a suggestion for you, Bruno. I know you have a, a, a young child, two young children. I know life is a little bit exhausting, but but you know what might have kept you up for the entirety of that game, which was it was very exciting. Do you know what might have kept you up for the entirety of the the whole thing, all four quarters? Both overtimes, everything. Uh, a, a bit of skin in the game. Yeah, you got it. Because football is back, baby. And Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info, with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from NFL and college college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Small Market Bias, a podcast about the San Antonio Spurs. My name is Matthew Tynan, and joining me today is a guy who is considering the greener pastures of Blue Sky and leaving Twitter all all together behind, uh, Bruno Passos from Pounding the Rock. How are you doing today? I got my invite, Matt. I'm in. I'm in. The, you know, uh, Elysium, uh, whatever that, the, you know. The, 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 those greener pastures indeed uh but no i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep stewing in twitter for a little bit longer you know just this, this stenchy hellhole but um i feel like most of us are just gonna like go down with the ship like inevitably yeah it, it's good to have the next play on the board uh but you know sometimes it's 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 fun to watch uh watch watch that iceberg hit um you know Watch people hanging from the propellers and all that, and, uh, and then Jesus, uh, and then and then and then hop on a life raft. <laughs> um, but yeah, but sorry for that. Um, no, the invite yeah. codes are our life rafts. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. And, so, and we got to do our out. part. We got to do our part in, in including everyone that we can within those life rafts. We got to get people on board. Um, eventually yeah, well, one day we'll set sail in our dinghies and for, for, uh, you know, land ahead, I guess. But until then we're going down with the ship. Indeed. Shout out Elon Musk. Um, yeah, Matt, can I sidebar real quick? Um, you know, you can cut this, leave it on, but, um, I, uh, actually prefer By all means. if you cut it. Uh, but yeah, no apologies. Um, I actually, um, sent out some feelers for uh, a Q and a, uh, from from listeners uh, about t- three weeks ago. Oh wow! Uh, I actually, I, I actually owe them my answers uh, from um, for like uh, like September tenth is what I said I would do. Um, and so, um, if you don't mind, uh, oh I'm yeah, see if I could if I, if I could if I could answer those questions. Um, but with you introducing it as me reading this um, as if it was indeed recorded on September tenth, so it doesn't feel like I, I I didn't do my homework. It was just the, the, the turning it in that was the problem. If, if, sure, uh, if you will. So, right. So just to yeah. be clear, you just want to make sure that the the readers and the listeners get their money's worth. Like exactly, you told them you'd do something for them, and you want to follow through on that. Yep, yep. And you know, it's, it okay. loses a bit of it loses a bit of the the authenticity if we're reading it late, and and I think it, it feels like they're they're getting um you know sort of disregarded. So I really want sure. them to, to feel feel respected, feel like we're answering it you know immediately. So um, if we can frame it that way, you know, quick apology, but. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, you don't even uh, need to, you don't I... even need to apologize. Here, Q and A. You know, we sent out. Uh, Bruno sent out some questions uh, for the listeners. You guys responded, hoping to have your your questions read on air. And here we go. Let's launch right into it. Great. Okay. Well, yeah. Diving right in. Um, hey guys, this is Bruno uh, answering your questions here. Uh, date is uh, September tenth. Um, so yeah, looking forward. I haven't read these yet, so diving in fresh. Uh, and so you're going to get the, those fresh raw answers back at you. So thanks again. Uh, I got four questions here and ready to go. So um, first one is from Kevin A. Uh, let's go right into it. The Spurs still have to move off of three players before the start of next season. Uh, do you think newly acquired guard Cameron Payne makes the cut? Um, it's a good question. Okay. It is. It's a good question. Um, and looking at it from from where we're at again. September 10th. Uh, yeah, Spurs acquired Cameron Payne from the Suns. They, they got him some cash considerations. Um, uh, probably, you know, important to Brian Wright as well. Uh, 2025 Pelican second round pick. Uh, I think, you know, no, no protections on that. Uh, in exchange for a heavily protected Spurs second round pick in 2024. Uh, so, um, you know, good game solid. all around. Solid. Yep, solid. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Big ups, Brian. Um, and so, you know, does Cameron Payne make the cut? Uh, We'll see. You know, uh, Matt and I spoke on this uh, a few um, episodes ago um, as, uh, you know, who was going to stay, who's going to go. We both thought Cameron Payne might be one of those three to, to get cut um, just for, uh, you know, a handful of reasons. But we'll see. We'll We're see, not sure about that. We're, We're not, not sure. sure yeah, 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 yeah. So let's move on. Let's let's go to the next one. Yeah. Um, Surely right, it'll be so, about something different, right? I mean, I think so. Um, all right. Uh, this from Jeff D. Um, what role do you think Cameron Payne will play next year? Could he give Trey Jones a run for his money for the starting job? Um, hmm. you, you know, we'll see if he makes the cut first. Um, uh, but you know, run for, you know, the starting job. It's a bit tough, Kevin. Um, uh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, I don't know how I'd mix those names up, Jeff. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we'll see if he can, you know, 
progress through uh, training camp. And then, you know, if, if, if he shows his worth, I think the Spurs are going to keep it fluid and see what can happen. And, you know, not too many people's uh, jobs and roles are, are in set in stone. So we'll see. Um, okay. We just got a couple more. Um, well, can I interject with my own real quick? Of course. Uh, okay. All right. So, it, you know, I, it, do you think that campaign is going to be a good personality fit, a good culture fit? Like we know that stuff is really important inside the Spurs locker room. He had to leave a title contender that I'm sure he wanted. He wanted to remain a son. I mean, obviously you want to be able to compete for a title, right? So is he going to be cool with kind of fighting for a role on a rebuilding team, bunch of young guys? Is is that, I guess, it, would he be able to kind of take a leadership role? Do you think? I mean, is that the kind of guy he is? Um, <clears throat> um, good question, Matt. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, uh, you know, leadership role. If he wants it, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, if he makes the cut. Um, you know how he how he meshes. You know, he's he's a journeyman. Spurs like journeyman. Uh, no words I've ever heard that you know, spoken too ill of him. Um, you know, in other other places that I know of. So uh, we'll see on the cultural fit as well, I suppose, because nothing is written. Um, you know, today September tenth. Um, all right. Uh, next question. Uh, what do you think is the biggest asset in the Cameron Payne trade? This comes from, uh, uh, Michelle C, uh, uh, biggest asset, the, the, the player, uh, the cash or the 2025, uh, pick. Good question. I'm not going to give too long winded of an answer. We've gone through it, but I'm going to go with the pick. Let's, let's, let's go with that second round. Oh, 2025. Um, you know, not trying not to make this too hot of a take, but, um, Spurs are, are amassing those. And I think, you know, it's going to position them well to make, uh, you know, make moves big, small, um, with them. And, and, uh, you know, who knows, um, given the, you know, various uncertainties of health around, um, Zion Williamson and, um, where exactly the Pelicans are shake out. So that could be a, that could be a decent pick in the end. So that, that, that's what, um, that's what the, the, the move was. And, um, We'll see. Low, low, low risk for sure. And um, so that, that could be the story in the end. We'll see. I kind of figured you'd go with the player, like an established backup point guard. Spurs have kind of been in, in need of one of those. Was that, were you considering that at all? I mean, we know, we know that Brian Wright and, you know, B-Dub really enjoys the second round picks and, and for all the reasons that you just outlined. But I mean, still, you know, established backup point guard. That's true. I, I I tend to I tend to like those guys more. So I don't know why I'm not in this case. But um, you know, let's let's let's. Good point. Point point taken. Okay, one last one, and then we'll get out of here. Okay, Matt, okay. This is this has gone a little bit uh, a little bit unexpected in, in the direction. But all right, a uh, bit of a longer sure. one. Um, oh, okay, um, good. Okay, um, Charlie B. Um, hey, small market bias. Uh, my hey. grandmother's a huge Spurs fan and cannot wait for next season. Uh, great. Yeah, same. Um, uh, she's been really looking forward to a return to relevancy and having something to cheer for. Same, you know, I think that speaks for all of us, you know, grandmother. Uh, not least of which because her health has taken a bit of a turn. Um, she's also a proud Murray State graduate and is especially looking forward to her favorite player of all, Cameron Payne donning the silver and black uh already ordered his jersey um can't wait um but that's all thanks um okay well no no question there just um 
you know, yeah, good, 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 good to hear. Good to hear from all what, these questions. And um, what was what was his name or her name? Char- or his that was Charlie. Charlie B. Oh, uh, shout out to shout out to Charlie B's grandmother. Yes. Um, Big time. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, well, we'll we'll move on. Um, you know, this this went a little bit different than I expected, but um, yeah, let's 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 maybe just move on to the show now, please. All right, we're back. <laughs> Up to date <clears throat> and current. Um, thank you for you know. I just I just appreciate the fact that you uh, took the time to you know respect what our listeners do for us in submitting questions in in being loyal all that stuff so you know i I do appreciate you taking the time to uh to answer those questions outright you know yeah you know love love the engagement love to love to interact and um sure just uh really good really good vibes right now and we can all just sort of forget about the context and so sorry to all those people who were yeah excited Um, about cameron Payne. yeah um so yeah that's um not, it's definitely not how we expected the things to go, um, you know, so soon, two weeks, bad time in Spurs, bad time in Cameron Payne. But um, uh, yeah, you know, appreciate the questions as always and um, look forward to doing it again. All right. Since the last time we spoke, Bruno, uh, the the NBA instituted or implemented, whatever you want to say, a player, participa- a player participation policy that shouldn't really be a big factor for the Spurs at first, but is definitely going to affect the NBA at large. And I know that this has been sort of a topic of conversation uh, around the league in uh, on multiple platforms, on multiple podcasts, but I did think that it would be interesting to discuss exactly how this could, even though they're not going to be affected by it at the start of the season, I thought it would be interesting to uh, to talk about where it might go and, and the things that might occur along the way in certain scenarios. So if you haven't yet read Bobby Marks's rundown on ESPN of, of all the rules, all the guidelines, everything that, that has been put in place, I would suggest you do so. It's pretty long, but if you're really into this stuff or you want to understand more about it, uh, it's a hell of a resource for it. And from the onset, stars are going to be expected to play in a certain number of games. Uh, they're not going to be allowed to miss nationally televised games, in-season tournament games. And this is all, by the way, if they're deemed healthy. If they're hurt and can't play, that's fine. Uh, but this is all stacked on top of the 65-game requirement that the CBA uh, is enforcing in terms of player awards, non-rookie player awards. The more you look at this, the more you can see how much the league is saying, we need you all to play. We're not fully buying into the data that you're providing us, that this stuff leads to long-term health, at least not conclusively. But all of this seems like such like the, like the league is twisting itself in knots to try to accomplish a goal. And with the television rights coming up and a new deal coming up in 2025, it's a little bit difficult to not be cynical about the reasoning behind this stuff. Like they're almost putting aside player agency and player health. Uh, They're almost sacrificing it just to be able to maximize television dollars. At least it feels that way to me. Yeah. 
Uh, and in true NBA fashion, uh, they made uh, a solution uh, that was uh, not at all uh, convoluted, complex, that requires uh, sub-bullet points, uh, something that's completely accessible to the average fan uh, when you explain um, you know, how this works and why X player is or isn't playing. Um, and the, all the, the, you know, dynamics that underpin, um, you know, in a game in, uh, you know, the middle of December or whatever, which is why Bobby Marx's explainer is so good, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's interesting. I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on with, um, you know, the, uh, the point on money. It, it has to, um, I think, you know, when it comes down to it from, you know, the, the, the dynamics of, you know, player and team and, and, and league, uh, it's, they they have two sort of shared goals in all of this, right? Which is that TV money is, is something that the players want just as much, right? That, that's that's sure. why they, they, you're not going to have too much pushback from them because at the end of the day, they all want they want that revenue share. They want as good of a, a cut as they can of it. Um, so if 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 that is a dynamic and it seems to be, and that's why you probably aren't, you know, you're seeing this kind of go through as it has. Um, the other point, which you know, is where you you kind of push back on the league, is that. Um, the league should be wanting these teams peaking, uh, you know, in May and June um, as much as the players themselves do, which is why they um, protect their players as they do. Um, you know, it's, right. it's, it's making sure that players health um, is um, uh, maximized, you know, as it career wise, but also like through the season so that these teams are competitive in the playoffs. And, you know, the NBA is it's, it's a bit of a risk on the league's part to, to, to put some of these things in place. Um, and I mean, I don't know the sports science side, um, you know, to as a total, total, um, uh, neophyte with all that, but, um, it, it seems like it's, it's something where there is uh, a bit of a discord between team and league. And, um, I think it's, we're just going to kind of have to see it play out. Um, uh, and it's going to be a bit of an experiment. Yeah. And I think that we have a tendency to kind of make mountains out of molehills with things like this that are new, that seem complicated. Like we, I have no doubts that the players the teams even the league itself and and however they get involved they're going to sort of figure out this process obviously a lot's going to be on the teams and the players but then whenever you start getting into the mix and whenever you start getting into the nitty-gritty of it all like is the league going to be launching investigation after investigation if star players are ruled like if they have calf soreness or you know a twisted ankle or something that's not necessarily a, a sprain or whatever it might be a, a sore forearm like are are they always going to be descending on the stars whenever there's some sort of designation some sort of injury designation like a lot I just I wonder how like how much bandwidth they're going to have to be able to enforce all this stuff um you have a lot of you know st- stars are defined by the NBA now as as a player who has made either the all-star game or been named to the all NBA team at least once in the last three years, I think that there are 50 such players in the league today. That number has a chance to increase. So, and and then if you start to take into account, like all of the uh, national television games that some of these teams like the Lakers and the Warriors have, I think both of them are like, close to 30 national television games, which is wild. Um, but you're going to be you're when you, when you couple that with the aforementioned 65 game requirement for awards, like you're putting a heavy burden of responsibility on all these guys to, to flatly remain healthy and be on camera. Uh, and I say that we make mountains out of molehills, but still it's hard to look past it 
Um, it's just, it's a lot. And I have my doubts uh, that it's going to be viable long-term, even as players and, and, and everyone adjusts. Maybe once the TV deal is struck and they get what they want, if they get what they want, we'll, we'll see some, you know, some tweaks made here and there to make life a little bit easier on, on players, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think this has been an issue that the league has been monitoring for a while and they want their stars to play. So I guess we'll see. It's just sort of a strange switch up by Adam Silver, who during all-star break this past season said that season ticket renewals were at an all-time high, that ticket sales were at an all-time high. He made a comment about the fact that like the rest problem, quote unquote, didn't seem to be impacting fan interest. And this is just a major uh, switch up from just a few months back, uh, which really brings me right back to the TV deal stuff. um, And the fact that they're in a precarious position right now. And we're going to see what kind of deal comes out of this, considering that the broadcast landscape, the streaming landscape, all of this stuff is going through a lot of change right now. So this seems pretty clear to it seems pretty clear to me at least that they're saying like we need to put our best product on the court right now, get the money and get out. Make sure make sure that everyone's happy in the process. Yep, yeah, no, I totally agree. The league is always kind of intentionally funny, sometimes uh, you know, a bit nebulous with with you know the the dynamics behind all this. You you see when they whenever they they approach the you know a CBA agreement they. The financials are always a little bit funny. They'll talk about, you know, X teams have lost money. They won't necessarily talk about, you know, how much uh, team valuations have, have shifted in, in in those number of years. And so in a team is 4X, 5X or whatever, it really pales. You know, that's the that's the mountain to the molehill of X team lost, uh, whatever, a million dollars uh, yeah. in the past year. It's, it's um it's always funny, but yeah, like you said, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be interesting when we start seeing those those points in which the league decides to or decides not to uh, investigate um, those players sitting. And I think when it comes to enforcing this stuff, it, there's in in the how whatever the last decade or so. Yeah, I mean, really, since they signed their last television deal, there's been this sort of feeling of almost constant, nonstop, inevitable gro- uh, growth. Like there's almost been this feeling of invincibility like ESPN is not going anywhere Disney's not going anywhere Turner's not going anywhere Um, you know if 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 those do fail you're looking at whatever whoever's up next Apple Amazon like whoever it might be that that would be able to come to an agreement with them from a broadcasting perspective but like we just saw a battle between Disney and Charter Communications, who owns, I believe, Spectrum. Spectrum, right? In, anyway, had a had a big battle uh, because something like 15 million people had ESPN taken from their homes um, because Spectrum essentially blacked them out. ESPN has always forced these massive carriage fees. Like whenever you have, let's say, you have ESPN package, a uh, cable package. Like you can't just have ESPN. You have to have ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN News, ESPN the Ocho, all of the sort of whatever eight different ESPN channels that come with the package. And and ESPN and Disney have always forced that upon cable providers, which means that the cable providers 
have had to raise their premiums for their customers. So it's been, that's why everything like this is all so expensive. And now that we're seeing these fights where, oh crap, is it possible that that companies will just completely X ESPN off of their, like won't carry them at all? Is Are we concerned by ESPN looking at this and saying, well, if we're not making money or the money we want, we're not going to be able to pay you the money you want, NBA, for us to carry the billions of dollars for us to carry your games. So the NBA at this point is like looking at its stars and saying, y'all owe this to us. Get on the court. It's time to go now. We we have to make the fans happy. And by the way, no matter the commentary on all this, this is obviously a win for fans. Like, of course, no fan wants to see their players hurt. And of course, every fan wants to see their their favorite players have long careers. But in terms of the night-to-night stuff, and like, if you want to see a star when they're in town, like, you're going to have a much better chance of doing so now. And the most observant of all those people are going to be able to almost map out the the schedules of some of these guys. Like, they'll know what games are basically guaranteed to feature one of their favorite players, especially uh, on the road. So it's certainly a win for the fans, which is obviously important, even if it might be questionable and messy and complicated uh, in a, in a number of different facets. And it's hard not to look at all of this. And we've obviously been talking a lot about money here, but it's really difficult to look at all of this and just, and look right under the NBA's nose. Fewer games, fewer games, more rest in between games creates an or- organically creates a more competitive environment. Like these games matter more. And you have players able to recover, have a better chance of recovering. You're minimizing back to ma- back to backs. You're minimizing the three games in four nights. It seems so obvious until you co- it all comes back to the money. And while there is sort of that basketball utopia, that scheduling utopia of fewer games, I just don't think we're ever going to get it. Because as you said earlier, the money none of these guys want to lose money. Owners don't want to lose money. Players don't want to lose money. So and if, if they cut games, it, it, either that would happen or in an effort to recoup that lost money, Fans would end up having to pay more. Concessions would be more. All of this stuff. So so the results and the byproduct of that, it just when you consider all of those things, it it would be great. It would be great if money just stopped mattering as much in our world, but we're never going to see that. And it's unfortunate. I wish we could play, you know, fewer games, but that's just not a reality at this point. Yeah, I think uh, there's a, a huge chunk of people who will say, you know, either strongly or at least on some level, we don't need 82 games. Like fans, fans will say that. Um, I right. don't need that many games. Um, and uh, it's, I would love for 72 games, man. Yeah, love it. Uh, but but um, you know, I, I feel like uh, an argument that the league would make, either in good or bad faith, is that um, you know, we, let's say we cut it down. Who's to say that you're not going to pare down your uh, scale your your load management uh, accordingly and, and 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 drop your your 65 70 games played for your star players to you know whatever percentage is below because you have a new idea of of, of what uh, optimal um you know optimal player management is so it's um sure. it's 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 you know 
clearly not a straightforward solution. There's there's not been one I don't think ever presented that I've seen a good take of how to solve it all, aside from, you know, fewer games. But that, like, for all the reasons you said, is um, not a straightforward um, uh, solution. So, um, you know, the NBA is going about it this way. And in the very least, it's going to be fun to track all those dynamics, you know, the game theory that the, the teams are going to have to play with, you know, how do they justify and, and find those 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 rest wins. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to apply to the Spurs as well and in its own unique way, um, as you wrote about and as I think we're going to talk about in a bit. Yeah, let's um, actually let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break and, and come right back with that. OK, we're back. And uh, Bruno just mentioned it. We're going to we're going to talk about how this player participation policy will affect the Spurs and. They're going to it's funny, it's ironic, right? And you mentioned that I wrote this or wrote about this, but it's ironic that sort of the pioneers of the load management era in the NBA isn't going to be affected by this at all. They're going to at least at first, they're going to get to sit back. They're going to get to watch. They're going to see if there are any loopholes or wormholes that develop and and able to kind of wiggle their way through when the time might come. They're going to see what other teams do. They're going to see they're going to they're going to watch for how the NBA handles things. So, here are the Spurs who are largely credited for for starting all of this, for starting these rest nights, for uh being the first ones to kind of have this this rest policy lined up year after year. Pretty ironic that they're the ones that are going to be sitting on the outside watching, not having to deal with any of it from the start. From the start. Yeah, and and you said some things might change in the middle. Um, but yeah, I think the Spurs are, they're, they're going to be more busy or busier just trying to navigate their own, um, you know, learnings with, with, what, with Victor Wembanyama as, 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 yep. uh, you know, as a specimen, right. I'd learn, I think again, not a doctor, not a sports scientist, but he feels like sort of really new ground, uh, and, and in terms of, you know, just how you, how you manage that, you know, a, a person of those dimensions, how, uh, you know, through a rigorous NBA schedule, um, what concessions, uh, you make and, and how you, you know, extend that through the regular season, knowing that he's going to be trying to play, uh, through the summer as well. So, um, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, the timing could, could be could be worse with the fact that he's not a designated star but um like you said that could change um uh, if, if he is voted to the all-star game and, and that'll, yeah. that'll be um, an, an interesting wrinkle that they'll have to consider from the start uh, in in some way you know is, is that going to happen if so what do we do in, in in october november december january february well that's i mean yeah that's he's the guy that we're all going to be watching right i mean if he does make an all-star team this year uh, and he plays in it, he would immediately yeah. become a star in the eyes of the league, which means from the very first game after the All-Star break on, he and the Spurs would have to adhere to the new policy. He would get the star treatment. For the first several months, he's not going to have to deal with that, but there's also the sort of uh, sticky situation where in those first few months, the league put the Spurs on national television a whole lot of times. They have every single one of their ESPN or TNT games uh, is it, they all come before the All Star break. So, and and I promise you, they put them on national television with the expectation that this this dude is going to play if healthy. So, it's one of these like where do you balance your responsibility to the league, your responsibility to Victor? your responsibility and your it, it, whatever data you believe in the stuff that you trust 
like sticking to that plan and acting in the best interest of your team and its future. It's it's a big balancing act for a dude who, like you said, it's going to be really interesting watching them, how they, how they figure out this guy's body going from playing once a week last, uh, last season with the Metropolitans 92 to, to just diving right into an 82 game schedule with big expectations. Like, I don't totally know how you handle that terrain at first, but the Spurs are going to do their best to do. So they're going to do their best because they want him to play. He wants to play. But at the same time, you got to make sure this guy's healthy. You got to make sure that this guy can last the entirety of a season. Uh, but they're they're going to find themselves in an interesting situation because it's not that far-fetched that he would make an all-star team. Like, we saw Andrew Wiggins get voted as a starter a couple of years ago. This It's not crazy at all to think that this guy could be voted in. He's massively popular on an international level. And the fan vote weighs a lot for that weekend. Like, would it be? Would it even be possible? This guy has already shown he's got a a, a solid understanding of what's important in his career right now. Uh, we saw him sit out the World Cup because he wanted to make sure he was ready to go for the season. He wanted to rest. He wanted to get a summer of workouts underneath him and make sure that he was ready to go for the NBA season. So we've already seen examples of this guy sort of understanding what his body is and the fact that he's still young and developing and he hasn't been tasked with this sort of workload and he hasn't had to go up against physicality like he's going to see in the NBA. So I don't know, maybe would if he got voted in, would it be would it be possible for him to say, eh, I think I'm going to sit it out because I don't want the star treatment down the stretch of the season? Do you think he would? Because I, I, I have, to, I struggle to see him sitting something like that out. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you, and it would be. I mean, if he did play, and I'm like I said, I think I'm with you. I, he's a competitive dude. You owe it to this. Also, goes back to owing it to the fans. Uh, I think he would probably want to play, and if he wanted to play, I don't think the Spurs would hold him out from playing, but it does it would put them in a in a situation where if down the stretch of the season like let's say they're just not in playoff contention which is a total totally realistic possibility that a month out of the a month from the end of the season like the Spurs are just flatly not in playoff contention and like we saw what we saw last year with like Jeremy Sohan who was legitimately hurt but they did decide to not push him back on the court and rather get him ready for the summertime. Same with Devin Vassell. They decided to rest Keldon down the stretch at the very end. Like if it came to that and you wanted to make, and and one of the things the Spurs said when questioned about this idea of like, why aren't you playing these guys down the stretch? Like, are y'all just throwing in the towel? Is this tanking? You know, Pop said, look, we just want, we're out of playoff contention. We're nowhere near it. What's the point? it's so much more valuable to get our guys healthy going into summertime than it is playing this last, the last few weeks of the season or whatever. So if the Spurs are once again out of playoff contention, I know this is, these are all hypotheticals. All of these are hypotheticals, but they're in my eyes, at least they're not 
super unrealistic. Like this stuff could happen, but down the stretch of the season, they don't have anything to play for, but because he made an all-star game, they would be forced to play Victor Wembanyama um, more maybe than the Spurs would be wanting to play him unless Peter Holt is willing to cough up a bunch of money after it, it's a hundred thousand for the first uh, guilty verdict, basically of, of resting a healthy player, 250,000 for the second one. And then from three on out, it's a million dollars. And so it's a, it's a lot of money that we're talking about. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what owners in the league would be willing to pay that maybe a couple, but it's certainly not something you can bank on. I don't know. It's, it's a tricky situation. And as we talked about before the break, like all of this is just so convoluted and complicated and brings up these scenarios that are just going to cause problems potentially down the line when teams don't have teams and players don't have the agency to, to make their own decisions, the decisions that they feel are best for their team. And I, again, hypotheticals, we don't know if this stuff is going to happen, but if it does, like it really could be, uh, it could be sticky down the line in whatever, uh, mid-March into April. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a few things, right? It, it takes, you know, the, the full agency for them to be able to manage his health and rest as much as they want to. Um, it also kind of takes away the sneaky tank. Um, if, uh, you know, he's, he's a designated star and you can't shut him down. Cause that's really what we're talking about right at the end of the season is, is the shutdown. Um, and if, you know, if you, if you suddenly have to play Wemben Yaman, he, and he, flourishes through the season as you hope he would then you know that, that could mean that could mean spots that could mean um you know uh, ping pong balls and everything and, and this is a team that you'd think is still it should not be set with with the the star the young stars that it's um you know amassed so um you know th- it does have other pathways to to stars you know both through the draft and not but um th- this was a, a a possibility for them to to do and you know it, it, it definitely changes the the equation yeah, and the the sneaky tank is is a good one. Like the, you know, Portland wouldn't have been able to do what it did the last couple of years and yep. just straight up shut Damian Lillard down. Bradley Beal in Washington. So yeah, yeah the Mavs. Um, and I, I the, the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were hit with a big old fat fine anyway. Yeah. What was it? Seven hundred and fifty k, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think the league would have a problem doing away with the sneaky tank. And I guarantee you a lot of fans wouldn't mind. Although I guarantee you a lot of fans would mind. We we are very familiar with the fact that there was a large portion of the Spurs fan base that was very supportive of uh, of, of what they, they did last season, even though there was a large group that was far from supportive. That, that's safe to say. And speaking of Victor, he plans on playing at the Olympics. He told Lay Keep, that he's going to play, he's going to represent France. They need all the help they can get after their ouster I, uh, in the very first knockout round stage, I believe, at the World Cup. Ter- disastrous performance, but he will be in France to represent the home country. You know, th- this is always something that, that the Spurs are like, you kind of you kind of grin through your teeth, basically saying like, we're always, they always support their players playing internationally, but you just always worry a little bit once you get to the international style of play. It's more physical. There's a lot more. You can get away with some more stuff. Um, 
And then if we're talking about a guy, as we just mentioned, who could be playing down the stretch of the regular season, you're looking at a summer of 2024 where Victor Wembanyama probably won't be getting too much rest. But you live with it, right? I mean, plenty of teams around the league have to deal with this stuff on a on a year-to-year basis, or at least every four years. So I guess grin and bear it, right? Yeah, I mean, on some level, you just have to do that, right? Like, you know, injuries, while he may or may not be, you know, more susceptible to them uh, than, you know, his peers, his smaller, less lanky uh, peers. Um, People at the end with of the day, less you know, you surface have to just... area of bones. <laughs> less surface area on the bones, yeah. Um, uh, less remarkable feet. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's um it's a reality for everyone. Um, you know the Mavs let Luca do it. You know every you know every competition possible as well as you know uh, plenty of other um, international players do. NBA players typically less willing to do so, um, or American NBA players, sorry, uh, especially through these um, like the FIBAs and whatnot. But you know you just have to kind of like you said deal with it. Understand that um, these injuries happen in the NBA, in NBA games, in international games, in in um, you know practices and uh summer runs that they do so it, it probably takes the probability possibility of an injury a little bit higher but at the end of yeah. the day he's an athlete could happen anywhere yep you you wish him the best and you want you want a happy player at the end of the day a happy star player that's that's just uh you know the, the dynamics that's the that most work. that's the most important part right yeah keep this dude happy let him keep, know that you're looking out for his best interests all of these things you want, yeah. you want to keep, keep you keep want to keep happy. this guy happy. You want to keep him happy and healthy and often happy, uh, supersedes healthy. It's true. Yeah. Plus it'll be fun. Like it'll be oh, fun. No. It'll be awesome. Play for yeah. France, right? It'll be great. No. We love this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, love we, this for stuff. a while we've just had, you know, we've had the FIBA patty thing to, to get invested in for, for Australia, but this will be, um, a whole new stage to watch this new player, uh, go at it. So it'll be cool. Just, just don't get hurt. Don't get hurt, Victor. That's basically going to be like, you might as well hang that motto on banners across the city for the next decade. Don't get hurt, Victor. Put on a t-shirt. It's all that matters right now. Yeah. All right. Um, Bruno, are you, do you worry at all? When you look at the Devin Vassell situation, do you worry at all that we're about what? We're about four weeks away from opening night in the NBA. Do you, are you concerned at all that he hasn't signed a contract? Because I get a lot of questions online, texted, DM'd. I get a lot of questions about why this guy hasn't um, signed his extension yet. I worry every day, Matt. There's not a moment that goes by that um, I, I don't look at my um, my countdown clock, my Devin countdown clock. I've got another one that's um, it's the, the Devin Vassell doomsday clock. And when he, you know... Day goes oh, by, wow. and he doesn't sign it. Yeah, I move it. I move it closer to midnight, um, and we're we're getting we're getting closer with each day that we don't we don't get a you know a Shams Wow Woj bomb that he's signed um, wow. that that uh, that extension. Uh, but no, I mean we talked about this. What does Doomsday back. look like? What does Doomsday look like? Oh, he heads to uh, X major market or uh, you know somewhere like really fun like OKC or whatever, and um, just creates a new um, a new dynasty and uh, flourishes into this two way beast, uh, becomes the the true star of the twenty twenty uh, NBA draft class. No, I mean you look at you look at his his the few contemporaries that have signed 
rookie contract extensions. It's not many. Um, and when you see the numbers that uh, have signed, you kind of see why he hasn't, you know, the, the, even though there's probably other dynamics at play. But, you know, LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton all signed for, I think, max 260 yep. um, over five years. Um, you had Desmond Bain Desmond signed Payne. a little underneath, I think, for five 200. Um, I'll ask you, I mean, did you did you ever see Devin signing for that much? No. And, yeah. and you're you're hitting on it right now. I mean, you're. The only guys really that are locked up are Max players yeah. and Nas Reed. <laughs> I, I, I see one. I see one more here on this list from uh, shout out hoopsrumors.com. You know, mm-hmm. Site, but it's, it makes sense that it exists. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, uh, four years, sixty. Million. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Beef stew. Uh, I don't see Devin settling for beef stew money either. So you've got quite a gap in there, and that's probably where your negotiations are. Um, and uh, you know player maybe a bit more uh in in uh you know in a hurry to sign than team but either you know both sides are probably good to um let this play out and maybe let um you know merit decide it um heading into next summer if uh, if they if they don't happen to but maybe they do you know these things kind of yeah. they're all happening behind closed doors and um uh look forward to seeing the figure whenever it happens but it should be it should be a handsome one handsome payday for Devin, whatever it is yeah and like you know the keldon johnson thing last year he signed i don't know it was like 10 days into free agency i think something like that 10 days two weeks somewhere in that time frame like he signed pretty quickly that's not normal for uh rookie extensions especially ones that are in kind of the in-between they're not low end like you know trey jones for example and they're not you know a max deal they're kind of in between like you usually see those contracts paid out later um, so that was kind of an anomaly for the Spurs last year. I, I went back and looked, uh, Derek white, when he signed his extension in 2019, I believe, uh, it was like a day before one or two days before the season started. Same with DeJounte Murray, when he signed his contract extension with the Spurs off of the rookie scale. So like there isn't for a lot of different reasons. And I don't know what the exact reason is that they haven't come to an agreement yet, but there are at least a couple, like at this point you can max, you, you never, and I'm not saying anything is going to happen with Devin Vassell, but if there's like the 0.1% chance that some crazy trade opportunity becomes available by not offering him a deal at this point, you have more flexibility in terms of any sort of potential trade, whatever it might be. Um, because you don't have that poison pill in the first year of his extension to account for in the trade from a money balancing, money matching perspective. Um, you brought up waiting, going through the summer, uh, waiting till next summer. One of the reasons, and they did this with Kawhi Leonard, by the way, they didn't offer him an extension, uh, prior to the final year of his, of, uh, of his rookie deal. Because if you wait till next summer, you don't have to deal with the cap hit that comes with the first year of the extension, which means you have, if you want to maximize cap space and which is by the way, something that very well could be a a strategy for the Spurs, considering all the short term deals and the one year contracts that they have on the roster. If they want to really maximize, maximize space, then they could wait until next summer and just let Devin go to restricted free agency. Uh, it could be Devin just trying to haggle for little details, trying to get the best out of this contract 
as he can because he knows he's about to be under Spurs control or at least a team's control and 99% likely it's just going to be the Spurs for the next five years. Like he knows this is a big commitment right now because he's going to free agents, uh, restricted free agency at the end of all of this anyway. So the Spurs can match whatever comes their way. So yeah, I just, there's, there's no real urgency at this point. Like you might as well just get it right. Work all the way up to the deadline, hammer it out, get it done. Um, it's just, I'll, I'll say this. If they're like four games into the preseason, like they have only the one game left and there still hasn't been an extension signed. I'll be given like a little bit of a side eye. Like this is at least interesting, but until then, um, you know, I, 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 it's, it's never fun analysis to just be like, just wait, you know, just sit back. We don't really have much to talk about. This could go on all the way through the preseason. Just sit back, wait, see what happens. Uh, then freak out if nothing is done by opening night, but that's, that's kind of the reality of the situation. Yeah. Or freak out now, you know, live your life, do you, whatever, whatever your version of uh, that's true. You know, self-care is. You know, we support doing you. So, yes, if you want to freak out, do you, do you. Did you see that he's like the new spokesperson for a company called Steel Plate? Y- yes, I, I I saw the video. Um, I had questions. Um, I did, I too. Had, I had to look I, up what Steel Plate was. I don't think there was. I don't think they had a social media handle, so I don't think they were immediately tagged in it. So you, you, I think you had to research it. I, I and then I thought, oh, okay, they steal like uh, like gym weights, um, but no, I think I think they're just they're like a proper steelworks yeah company, yeah, which yeah. Um, getting to getting really some some blue collar uh, uh, territory yeah. there, which I, I like. It's not something you see it, you know, for one of your first uh, uh, partnerships, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it was worthwhile for Devin, and you know he's he's, he's um, you know really staking claim in a in a, in, a, in an industry that uh, is maybe on untreaded territory for your average NBA athlete. So who knows where it goes? Maybe cement next, uh, plastic. Yeah, um, I looks, think there's, looks, there's... San Antonio is a blue collar city. He's got a exactly. lot of opportunities around here. You know, uh, I think the, I think that you're right. I think he can diversify even further. We're we're gonna see him uh, cutting the ribbon on quarries and um, you know just maybe putting one of those um, big uh, I forget what those um, you know masks helmets are that uh, your 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 um, like a welding mask welding mask yeah and and, and okay. just going to work I I, I, just, I like where this can go um, I'm hoping it doesn't stop with this um, and so you know I you know I think maybe we can you can maybe look into making steel steel plate a an unofficial sponsor uh, for the podcast and and oh wow. You know, I don't know. hadn't hadn't thought about that yet. Seems, seems like yeah. quality steel. I don't know. It looks but, like uh, it. The pictures yeah. look great. The fire looks great. Like yeah. you know, yeah. Good good for Devin. Maybe makes him a little bit less urgent to to chase that uh, that contract extension as well. Right now he's got that that uh, that steel plate money coming in. Steel plate money coming in, and yeah, like and now that you bring it up, I mean, if an athlete can, you know, can work on something with steel plate with a. <laughs> With a company like that, why can't a sports podcast? Why can't a basketball podcast? Exactly. All we see is the hymns, um, you know, the, um, you know, underwear, uh, your, you know, of course, your, 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 your gambling, uh, uh, your ED commercials. Exactly. But, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of uh, sponsors here who need to get on the phone with you and, you know, you can do an ad read for, um, you know, whatever. uh, And what's manlier than steel work? Oh. I don't know. 
that's not that's yeah. not my that, that's I'm, I'm not a, a an SME on on, on manliness unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, uh, these hands, these hands have not seen much manual labor, um, uh, but they could uh, steel plate. So you know, shout. Uh, yeah, uh, man. I mean, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a part of this podcast and everything, like, I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be right in the mix. So, um, you know, if if steel plate wants to have us swinging hammers, we gotta swing hammers. You know what I'm saying? We'll do it. Okay. All right, we're gonna finish this off real quick with um. With a couple of mailbag questions from John Lugo, here's he's he's got three questions, and we can kind of rapid fire through them. But um, number one, is this a low key make or break year for Blake Wesley? He didn't wow like some had hoped at summer league. He seems like a project player, but there isn't much time allotted for projects these days. Um, so, what are your thoughts there? I think Blake Wesley is an interesting topic of conversation. He is. Um, he's, you know, make or break is always, um, uh, always feels a bit extreme, but um, yeah. at the same time, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle um, uh, in these things. And, you know, there's um, only so many developmental minutes to go around and uh, a hierarchy starts to flesh out and you kind of want to prove yourself as, you know, uh, playing a role, having, you know, your, your bona fides and, and uh, somebody who they can really start to forecast so, you know, they obviously invested a first round pick in him, so it's not going to be, um, you know, they don't have anything written on him yet, but it would be good to start seeing something out of, out of Blake for sure. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I'm not sure it's make or break. Um, and obviously the guy had a, a significant injury yeah. that he had to deal with during his rookie year. But one of the tricky parts about, you know, the rebuilding process, especially when you're talking about a whole bunch of uh, good to great picks you know, you're talking about multiple lottery picks, like there is going to be natural flux in competition. So, it, you know, if maybe there's a scenario in some other world where the Spurs have been competing for a title for the last few years and they had just drafted him at 25, where like the Spurs say, okay, we're we're happy with the rest of our roster. Like we can just kind of bring this guy along slowly, but now he's competing with a whole bunch of other dudes and yeah. the Spurs could go... Uh, a number of different ways with their roster. So yeah, not make or break. I, yeah. I but but it's an important season. It's an important season. Definitely. All right. Uh, second question: Does Dominic Barlow deserve consideration to be bumped up to full roster spot this year? He had a good summer league and was honestly a little surprised. I was honestly a little surprised he got zero offers in free agency. This would prompt the question: Who would be cut traded to make this happen? Well, I don't, I don't like at this point, they don't need to, right? Like there, there's no, he can't, he he's under their control. So unless he's traded, they can't like teams can't come in and just steal him out from under their nose. So with a roster that's already really crowded and a kid who, yeah, he had a good summer league, but hasn't exactly proven himself or even come close to proving himself at the NBA level. I don't think you sacrifice anyone else's roster spot to bump him up to a, a full-time slot, right? Not just yet, but he deserves a good, good hard look right now. Like after that summer, right? Like I, I think that's where um, you want to like a real like, fixed gla like glare, kind of just a really watchful eye. Good laser focus, not just uh, you know one full eye, not just the corner of your eye right now. Ah, because yeah, he he showed some stuff. Um, you know, it is summer league, but, um, you, it, it, he, 
you know, he showed out um, and yeah, he, did he did so at like a stage where, you know, it, it, it's, you have to really pay attention, which is, um, you know, going into year two, but you know, somebody who didn't have too high of expectations, I think from, from, from many. So no, let's, let's, I think it's, it's now a conversation and then, and then it becomes a take. Uh, so let's, let's, um, let's see how it goes, but no, really, I think positive things around him and um, yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully he does make a case for, um, for that spot uh, whenever it makes the most sense. And if he forces his way into the equation, like he's going to get time. And let's say like, uh, who knows, like, let's say there are, are some injuries along the way. And like, he has to spend more time at the NBA level. Eventually he might hit the, the 50 game threshold for two way players in the NBA. And if that is the case, or is it 40, uh, whatever, if he hits the game threshold for games played in the NBA for a two way player, they might have to um, offer him a standard contract, but by that time, they may have a better understanding of who he, of, of who he is, of what their roster looks like at the NBA level, on who they want to move forward with. So, I think that would probably be a discussion saved for whatever All Star break, post trade deadline, something like that. I think that there's potential for it, but right now, probably not something to worry about. You know. Yeah, let's see him dominate the G League, which, you know, you'd like to see it. See see him put put up whatever 18 and 8 on good percentages, um, you know, right. really look like the, one of the better players on the floor and then that's that's when it becomes a, you know, a real conversation for promotion. So, could do it and Spurs are in a good position uh, flexibility-wise to um uh, accommodate if that's the case. Yep. All right, last one and we'll get out of here. Julian Champagny had a great summer league. If he continues playing well and presses the issue of getting more playing time, whose minutes will he cut into? The roster is crowded, man. This is a good question. I don't exactly know how to answer it at this point. But he did impress it. He's another guy who impressed at summer league and he impressed down the stretch last year. He did, yeah. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint any one person, right? Because of how kind of positionless he is. A lot right. of the roster is right, so I think it's just going to be who's uh, who's who's you know one one of those kind of eighth or ninth or tenth players, um, like I guess seventh seventh through through ten, uh, whoever you identify as that, that he starts really um, nudging out. Um, but and it could um, be like a hot hand thing, or like you know we don't know what this. Ro- I don't even. I doubt the Spurs even know what their rotation looks like right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just there's. I just I think that he's going to play who whose minutes he cuts into i'm not totally sure but kind of based on what what the, what the rotations looked like last season i don't know how you could possibly know whose minutes he's going to cut into at this point yeah and then and, and, yeah we'll, we'll see like with about a million other things with this team uh we'll see it's, yeah. it's sort of the, the the default answer and uh um yeah it should be good but i think like like because he's not just a big or a point guard, um, it's it's going to be pretty fluid, and you know injuries and um, other various you know entered uh, you know dynamics throughout the season are going to kind of allow for for minutes, and then we'll see if role follows. Well, I think I could probably just title this pod episode "We'll See" because it's just been one giant hypothetical, um, with the exception of I guess the campaign questions, but those were great. Thank you, Bruno. <laughs> We saw, we already saw on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all very much. 
for listening to Small Market Bias presented by Bet Online. Uh, Bruno, where can the people find you? Oh, <laughs> uh, nowhere through the summer, but hope uh, back on pounding the rock uh, heading into the season. So look forward to to writing again after being an extremely absentee. Uh, cover of uh, of this fine team but uh, yeah that's where you can find all my stuff and my extremely stupid musings on twitter and maybe maybe blue sky in the future yeah give it a shot man hey look media day is right around the corner uh two weeks away essentially so things are about to heat up basketball is about to be back we can stop dealing with so many hypotheticals i can't wait it's gonna be a crazy year um the beginning of the season always brings about this sort of burst of energy that you know will just sort of slowly dissipate as the season moves along um but who knows maybe i'm just being cynical maybe i'm looking at this all wrong and the spurs are gonna uh, you know be this year's utah jazz making a run late into the season in playoff contention who knows who knows a lot of a lot of questions as you've as you've deduced after listening to this pod a lot of questions remain so it should be a lot of fun. Bruno, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Welders, metallurgists, lumberyards, get at us. You heard the man. 